You are tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nachumsegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
Good morning to all of you. Welcome to JM Sunday, exclusively here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Matas Weingast. It's great to welcome you here. I'm your host today and every Sunday on JM Sunday. It's the 6th of November, which means a bunch of things here in the United States. First, it means that we changed the clocks a few hours back and uh, 2 o'clock became 1 o'clock. So uh, if you woke up this morning to listen to the show and you're wondering, why wasn't it on? We were playing great music, of course, on the uh, Nachum Siegel Network stream, um, but uh, not the show. Well, it's because you woke up an hour early. So it's uh, now 7.06 Eastern Time here in uh, the uh, East Coast area of the United States. That's one thing. The other thing means it's the last weekend before Election Day here for President of the United States, which occurs on Tuesday. And for many people, couldn't come fast enough with all the hype and rhetoric that began years ago as the election season really extended and uh, starts now so early. It's like you might as well start after uh, after this Tuesday, which some people say does happen with the new uh, whoever's elected to the president. Uh, what do you do the next day? You begin campaigning for the next election. It's crazy. But that will be over on Tuesday. <laughs> also, uh, it's the 5th of Cheshvan. If you're studying Dafyomi Baba Metzia, Mem Aleph, and uh, the, um, yeah, it's it's a Bab Metzi, you can get into it, uh, absolutely. You can start now a new Parsha soon. Anyway, uh, so that's Dafyomi. Uh, what else? Um, we are going to have uh, morning chizuk at 7.30, but we're not going to be joined by Khan Julian this morning. She is going to be off, so we won't have our news from Israel. Uh, but we'll find out what's happening in the state of Israel, because at around 8.15, we'll be joined by Rabbi Dov Lipman, a uh, a frequent guest here on these uh, on this show. And uh, he is going to be speaking about the new book that he co-published with Devir Kariva, former, former Shimbet agent. And uh, the title of the book is Words Can Kill the Untold Story of the Rabin Assassination and the Lessons for Today. Of course, the anniversary of that just took place yesterday. So uh, we'll speak with him, find out about that book and uh, what it has to say and what it can tell us. And um, yeah, so that's the schedule for today, right? And then a lot of music, of course, as we always do. Uh, What else? Uh, Yeah, that's about it. 
That's about it. So uh, we're going to continue with the music. Oh, I didn't tell you the weather out here for those listening in our area or who just want to know what the temperature is in our area. It's 51 degrees and partly cloudy, going up to a high of just 57, sunny and down to 38 degrees tonight, clear. In Jerusalem, 67 degrees and partly cloudy, going down to 51 degrees and clear. Who do you have up next? Yitzchak Fuchs and Friends, right here on JM Sunday. Thank you. 
7.32 Eastern Time here on JM Sunday. Matas Wine Guest with you. We uh, opened up our song selection with uh, with Yitzchak Fuchs. We heard from Shlomo Simcha, Udi Davidi, Chaim, Shlomo Ameyes, Anna Hashem with uh, Rabbi Michael Nadata and Benjamin Sofer. We're going to get to uh, David, Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk in just a few seconds. A reminder that uh, at 8.15 today, we're going to be... Uh, Joined by Rabbi Dov Lipman. He'll be discussing the uh, new book that he co-published, translated and co-published with uh, Devir Kariv, a former Shinbet agent. And uh, it is entitled, Words Can Kill, The Untold Story of the Rabin Assassination and the Lessons for Today. Uh, there will not be a news from Israel. Hannah Julian is off this week. So we'll continue to play music after morning chizuk. And uh, we will also... Um, and we will also have... Uh, Rabbi Dov Lipman, join us. At this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday, we present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser, Rabbi Goldwasser's words, L'zecha Nishmas, Harav Zev, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Chavetz Chaim spent his entire life on being mechazek, strengthening the Yisodos of Yiddishkeit, the main foundations of Judaism. The Chavetz Chaim insisted that every kehila should build a mikveh. When it became known to him that a mikveh was neglected, he did not rest until he knew that the matter was taken care of properly. He was always afraid that if he would be silent, they will demand of him in the Olam HaEmes, in the world of truth concerning this matter. He held that Hashkacha had given him additional years to his life in order that he should repair the breach. In the summer of Tofreshayin Beis, the Chavetz Chaim was asked by the Rav of Lida to be mashpia, to influence the people, to do whatever they could and build a new mikveh. He tried, but his efforts did not bear fruit. When the Chavetz Chaim was getting ready to travel to Eretz Yisrael, he went to say goodbye to all the people of the various cities. One Arab Shabbos, when the Chavetz Chaim arrived in Lida, he asked that all of the leadership of the community gather together, and he pleaded with them, You know how many kochos, the great effort that I've extended, so that there should be a new mikveh in Lida, but it hasn't happened. I don't have any complaints. It's quite possible that no one is responsible. However, I'm an old man, and soon will be standing in Din in the Olmo Emes. They will ask me, Yisrael Mayor, you were a neighbor of Lida. Why were you quiet when you knew that there wasn't a proper mikveh there? I'm therefore asking you, please do this chesed for me. Please write a star, a document, that I was not guilty in this oversight, and please sign it. I tried to inspire the people. I requested of you, I begged you, I even demanded... I did everything in my power to accomplish the building of the mikveh, but my words were not listened to, and I was not successful. The leaders who had gathered together began to tremble when they heard these words of the sainted Chavetz Chaim. Reb Nechemia Levinson was the first to say, What is the Rebbe saying? We don't listen? Chalila! Woe to us! Never give up on us, Rebbe! I will be the first one to donate 500 rubles for the purpose. Everyone else in the room followed suit. They all pledged large sums of money. 
in no time, the mikveh was built. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. 7.36 Eastern Time here on JM Sunday. Matas Weingast with you. As I mentioned, we won't have the news from Israel, but we'll be joined by Rabbi Dov Lipman at 8.15 to talk about the uh, new book that he uh, translated and uh, co-published with Devir Kariv, uh, entitled Words Can Kill, the untold story of the Rabin assassination and the lessons uh, for today. We're going to start off our song segment uh, with uh, a selection from the Moda'ani album by Omer Adam. And uh, this goes out to listener Khani in Staten Island. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening right here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shamati <laughs>
Lenny Solomon Derech Haor, before that Mizrach Ben Yamar, Akiva Tolchin, Yosef Karduner, and Omer Adam here on JM Sunday. Matta Swine guest with you. It's 8 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Time. We changed the clock this morning, earlier this morning, and we are now seven hours apart from Israel once again. And in our second hour of our show, there is not a news from Israel segment today. Hannah Julian is off today, and she'll get back with us next uh, next week, next Sunday here on JM Sunday. Uh, Rabbi Dov Lippman will be joining me in about 15 minutes. We'll talk about the uh, the book Words Can Kill, the untold story of the Rabin assassination and the lessons for today. It's available on Amazon, and uh, you can get it. You can download it for like four bucks. I uh, suggest you do so. It's a very interesting read, and we'll talk about the different aspects of the book coming up shortly. Today is Marathon Sunday in New York City, the New York City Marathon. Um, started off the day there. They started off the day with a, a, a minion, numerous minionim, actually, I should say. And uh, there are going to be tens of thousands of runners through the uh, marathon today. Wish them all good luck and good time. The uh, weather outside seems to be pretty good according to what the organizers have said. It's going to be in the 50s, going up to a high of 57. Uh, but no rain, no uh, hot sun. So it should be a good day for running. And we wish everybody said uh, good luck on that. It's the 5th of Cheshvan, November 6th. And uh, so we're going to go back to the music for another few minutes. And then we'll be joined by... Um, by uh, Dove Lipman, and uh, that will uh, that will be what's coming up. Let me see who's up here next. Uh, Shlomo Simcha, right here on JM Sunday. <laughs>
We'll uh, interrupt Charlie Waldner for a few moments, and uh, maybe we'll be able to get back to him uh, a little later on before the end of the show. It's uh, eight, uh, just coming up on 8.15 in the morning Eastern Time here on JM Sunday. Matt, the swine guest with you. And before that, we heard a medley from um, Wedding of the Year album, a Kabach medley. Shalma Kabach's yard site is coming up in a couple of weeks, and uh, there will be round-the-clock Shlomo Kabach music on JM in the AM and on the Nachum Siegel Network on all uh, all shows uh, throughout the uh, the day. It will be a music fest of Shlomo Kabach music. It is, uh, as I said, 8.15 in the morning here on JM Sunday. We switch the clock, so it is Eastern time here. And uh, we'll be here till 9 o'clock. Great programming all day long on the stream right here on uh, on JM Sunday. The uh, book is entitled Words Can Kill, The Untold Story of the Rabin Assassination and the Lessons for Today. Originally published last year in Hebrew by uh, Devir Kariv and now translated and published in English by the original author and Rabbi Dov Lipman. The book is currently available on Amazon to download for just four bucks. Hardcover will be available in a few days. I encourage you all to download and read it. Joining us to discuss the book is Rabbi Dov Lipman, former Knesset member and proud Olet to Israel from America. Rabbi Lipman, welcome back to JM Sunday. Thank you, Matthew. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much on this uh, on this beautiful day. Uh, the weather I uh, hear is excellent in Israel. It's gorgeous today. It's really uh, you know. Last week we uh, were hit with winter just a few days after Tefillat uh, Geshem, which was really nice. And nice to know that there will be rain this winter, but we don't mind the pause for a few uh, beautiful, clear days as well. Exactly. Uh, there are a number of aspects of this book that I would like to touch upon, uh, time permitting. Uh, the author uh, s- writes about historical aspects leading up to the assassination. Uh, he talks about his first and subsequent interactions with the murderer, Yigal Amir. And uh, he also discusses the investigation into the assassination and also, he uh, openly displays his uh, feelings and uh, desires to kill Amir in the days following the murder. Uh, and then subsequently, there's there's a, a whole discussion in the book, and, and again, the author is very open about this, uh, with his battle with uh, PTSD, as he learned about, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, following the uh, assassination and the investigation. And then, of course, it talks about some words for the future. Uh, so I'd like to start upon uh, with how you got involved in uh, in this. Uh, the original Hebrew was published last year, and you now translated it. How did this all come about? So Dvir Kariv, who is the author and the focus of the book, is the husband of former member of Knesset Yifat Kariv from the Yishati party, and I sat next to Yifat uh, in the plenum on a daily basis, hours upon hours, and lots of discussions about many different things, and she told me openly about her husband's career as an agent in the Shin Bet, in the Israel Internal Security Agency. It was something which fascinated me to begin with. Uh, we're not aware. Mathis, no one, I'm sitting here now in a car driving through Israel. We are not aware of the hundreds, if not thousands, of people who are working on a daily basis to help keep us safe, uh, constantly, constantly fielding uh, information that's coming in from the intelligence and taking actions that we don't even hear about in the news uh, to be able to protect us with God's help. And uh, Dvir wrote this book where all of a sudden I read the book in Hebrew and I was stunned to hear about 
a Shingda agent who was in the room with Yigal Amir for the few days after the assassination and made the decision that he is killing Yigal Amir. He came to a decision that it's the best thing for Israel for him to take out his gun and kill him. And then to hear the whole struggle back and forth, to hear how he ultimately made his final decision, to hear how he struggled for years uh, with this decision and this turmoil inside, but also along the way, bringing out the beauty of Israel. You just see a person who uh, living in Israel, serving Israel, and recognizes the beauty of the state of Israel, what it has to bring to the world. I said, this has to come out in English. People have to read the story. Jews and non-Jews all around the world have to have access to it. Because I really do believe that it sheds real light on some of the struggles and challenges that we have in our state. And seeing this example of one person who I call a hero really uh, emerged uh, victorious in some of those struggles. Right, uh, absolutely, and it makes it makes perfect sense that you did that because it's a fascinating uh, book to read. Um, I'm not versed enough in Hebrew to read it, and uh, yet in English it certainly, I'm sure, conveys the original uh, intention of all the aspects of the book. By the way, it's available, remind everybody, on Amazon. For $4, you can download it. It's an easy read, and by that I don't mean that it's a simple book. But it's it's very um, well thought out. It's very uh, and you translated it very well, uh, and so it's it's easy to get through and to understand everything that's being uh, written here. I mean, alone, if it were a book about a a, a soldier or a, an agent's uh, battle with PTSD, that alone would be a very interesting read for um, for a book like this. But um, as you said, Devir Kariv struggled in his thinking because uh, after the first few days of uh, the interrogation with Yigal Amir, um, whom he said he was surprised was not killed on sight, but that's a whole other, uh, whole other issue, um, that this person was no longer needed after they got information from him, and he decided he was going to, to kill him. It seems from the book that um, his decision, and he came to it, uh, you know, I think he made the right decision not to, but he came to it after a lot of self-introspection. Uh, and there were other things he wanted to do also, just simple things to, like, do something. And he didn't do that. Uh, did you get the feeling that this led to his uh, PTSD or, or partial in the subsequent months and years? Well, as an example, during that first night, uh, all of Devere's superiors told him that he has to keep the atmosphere in the room, in the jail cell, very positive. They wanted to have Yigal Amir in a situation where he was talking as much as possible to keep it positive. And here he's thinking to himself, how do I keep this guy just assassinating the prime minister of Israel? A Jew just killed another Jew. How do I keep it positive? But that was his job, so he offered Yigal Amir coffee. And Yigal Amir uh, accepted it. And he said he was standing there over that coffee, and every fiber of his being, and excuse me for saying it, but this is an important part of the story, every fiber of his being wanted to spit into the coffee. He said, how can I serve him a coffee which is, which is untainted in this way? And he didn't do that. He decided to do the right thing and did not do that. But he said that saliva he felt stuck in his throat for years. How did he not do something to act out against uh, this murderer? And again, to see the struggle to see the natural human emotions, and then to see him brought back to one of the core values of a, a Jewish values, the values of a Jewish state, of democracy, and, and acting in the right way. But 
he's very open, like you said, about his struggle afterwards and his inability to sleep for years. And driving around Israel, and everywhere he looked, he would see the face of Yigal Amir on people next to him, and struggling with this until he finally was able to overcome some pride and actually confront it by going through his therapy, and now completely free, and, and, and as he says it, enjoying the beauty of, of, of all the greenery in Israel, the beautiful colors in Israel, and not seeing that darkness all the time. Right, absolutely. And we're talking about the person who interviewed uh, Yigal Amir in the beginning, uh, and not even the people who, I mean, there, there's so many other people that were involved in this in terms of protecting the prime minister. And, and as he says in the book, you know, there's, you have to be right every single time, basically, to prevent something. You, you, and people, like you said before, in the beginning, you don't know how many times people have, uh, the, these agents have protected you, um, but you only hear about it when there's a failure. And this obviously was a failure by definition. Um, not, not that he lays blame any, in any particular place, but he discusses you know, the investigation and whatnot. But you know, by definition, it was a failure of the agency because they didn't protect the, um, the prime minister. Uh, and, and, remember, and, remember, and remember also, Marcus, and I didn't mention this, Veer's position was actually in the unit which was looking out for Jewish uh, extremists who would carry out attacks against Arabs, and also, and they, they never in their wildest dreams, and he writes about this, in all that they were doing, they somehow could not imagine that a Jew would actually act out against the Prime Minister. Even though the atmosphere was pretty intense, there were signs up with pictures of the Prime Minister with targets on him, people calling him traitor, uh, a demonstration where they were carrying his coffin. And, and, and Rabin himself was given a lot of the intelligence and refused to wear a bulletproof vest because he also said a Jew is not going to kill a Jewish prime minister. It's just not going to happen. And there was this block that everyone had. They were looking for the Arab who was going to act out and do something like this. And even within his unit, which was dealing with Jewish extremists, it was something they could not believe could have happened, and he talks very openly about their failures and also explains where the failures come, came from, and it was largely from a disbelief that this could ever happen. Rabbi Dove Lipman is, um, I guess, this morning. We're talking about the book Words Can Kill that is uh, co-published in English by Devere Kariv and Rabbi Dove Lipman, available on Amazon. You can get it today for a couple of dollars, and uh, the hard copy will be available shortly. Uh, you mentioned about the uh, group that uh, in which... Uh, in which Devere Kariv served, uh, and he mentions in the book that um, it is ironic also how there is such an agency in uh, the network, in the intelligence network, for monitoring Jewish extremists. Uh, he, he ironically says he doesn't think there's such an agency in the Arab world because, uh, uh, because as he says, and as we know, unfortunately, uh, there are celebrations when these things happen um, from the Arab side to the Jewish side. And as he says, schools are named after uh, the murderers and um, and 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 soccer I'm happy, games. I'm happy, I'm happy that you brought that. I'm happy that you brought that up because very often people see a book uh, and on the book's cover you'll see Prime Minister Rabin there and it says the untold story of Rabin's assassination. People assume it must be a political book of some kind. Yeah, not uh, at all. writes the book in, in 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 a very fair way, and it's important for your listeners to understand. Uh, Justice Minister Ayala Shaked from the uh, Jewish Home Party, which is a uh, uh, you know, more right-wing party in Israeli Knesset, helped get this book published. It's an important book. It doesn't deal with the politics of left or right. It deals with the issue of words can kill. That even if we're having disagreements about politics, 
we have to understand that we can have our extremists in our midst as well, and if a certain uh, atmosphere is created, they can do very horrible things just built off uh, that atmosphere. And Javier goes out of his way to contrast the efforts within the Jewish people to keep violence to a minimum and to make sure that we don't act out against our, uh, the innocent Palestinians as opposed to what we see happening uh, in the Arab world. And there's also a very good history of the entire conflict just to build up to understanding what led to all of this happening. And so it really gives you a historical perspective and a very fair perspective and, most importantly, real insight into the efforts that were being made to prevent uh, this kind of assassination from happening and then the aftermath once it did happen, unfortunately, and the country trying to deal with it and leading to the lessons for today because we live in a world where there's, you know, and I, and I even very, a very chapter that I wrote, I talked openly about even in the United States, a country which I spent most of my life in, this atmosphere today where there's language that's being used on all sides of the equation, and, and if that's allowed to run freely, who knows where sadly, tragically, that could end as well. Right. Uh, absolutely. Very well said. And, and thank you for bringing that up. Well, I'll ask you about the election in a, in a few moments, but... Uh, uh, and, and as I mentioned in the beginning, the different aspects of the book, if if just the historical aspect of this book, what what happened before, and as you said, to lead up to something like this, or even history before, and he goes into a lot of detail on how when he became part of the Shin Bet, his first, ju- his first duties were to learn and read through the history of what, uh, you know, from the beginning of the state, even beforehand, to learn how things could happen. And he said it's very important for agents to be able to really understand history, to be able to look and see what you know, might happen in the future. So the historical aspect, the investigation, the, the uh, subsequent actions, just again alone, uh, are worth reading the book. Um, the, um, you know, it, it's surprising, though, that when he does talk about the aftermath and, and learning about Yigal Amir and who actually was a part of his circle that knew about this and the hints uh, pointing towards him that were... Uh, unfortunately, not caught earlier on. It's just surprising because we hear about this in many different places here when there are terrorist activities and, and whatnot. The agencies know about the killer. It, it, it may not be in much detail, and it, and it may not, you know, even if they knew some more, it may not have prevented anything, but it's just always surprising that the, somewhere these people are on the radar. You know, Gvir just describes how the, the, the night that it happened, the assassination happened, his first stop was his office, and all the agents were just pouring through the computers. And they, they, they were, there were some names they assumed might be the assassin, and it wasn't the people they assumed. And then they started digging for, do they have this name, Miguel Amir, in their system anywhere? And as they started noticing, he's mentioned here, he's mentioned there, and that they were not able to put those dots together. And, and again, the, the, the guilt which they felt that they didn't catch that earlier. But you have to also remember, and this is, this is part of the story, they are getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pieces of information every single day, and they have to sort of prioritize. And the information they had in Yigal Amir, you'll see as you read the book, wasn't enough to make it a high enough priority. That's part one. And also the agent uh, who was planted within the Jewish extremist world, his, his code name was Champagne, 
there were some failures there as well, and they were relying on some information which wasn't completely accurate. It's just a fascinating story just in terms of that element. But yes, I agree with you. Shocking to see that even the best of systems, you know, we're human beings and there are failures. And uh, I guess that's why every single day we pray numerous times for our well-being and our welfare because ultimately we can't rely on human beings to provide us with all of our protection and we have to rely on God. 100%. The book, again, Words Can Kill, available on Amazon. Uh, Dove, this is your uh, fifth book already? Am I right? Uh, Thank God, my fifth book, yeah. Wow. (laughs) You've become a a celebrated author, a former member of Knesset. Uh, What's your day job now? (laughs) (laughs) So I've been very involved in uh, in public diplomacy, uh, Israel advocacy, making the case for Israel, both delegations that come to Israel and uh, around the world. Uh, going off now, I've been doing that through the World Zionist Organization, now more as an independent, and actually taking on a little bit of a new challenge with that uh, in association with Nefesh Benefesh and trying to uh, even generate more conversation about uh, Aliyah to make sure that you know Jews around the world are at the very least exploring uh, their options uh, to move. You know, we're about to read Pashat Lechacha. You can't get more clear as you sit back and read a parsha that God has given us a precious gift and has made it our inheritance. And it says that, uh, he says, Kim, I can be your God in the land of Israel. And our sages teach us, which is not the case necessarily, or not as simple, outside the land of Israel, that everyone should be exploring it. And if people themselves can't make Aliyah, so raise your children to make Aliyah, to be part of the education as a most fundamental mitzvah. It's the very first communication that God has with the Jew in the Torah, the very first word pick up and go to the land of Israel. So I'm uh, very excited about that partnership. I'll be doing a lot of traveling and writing in association with that. And continuing to be very involved uh, with the Yishat Tea Party and looking forward to whenever the next elections have come, God willing, uh, being able to get back involved in public office and trying to uh, make Israel even better from within. Excellent, excellent. Um, I know that uh, when you became a member of Knesset, you had to give up your United States citizenship, and I know that we had talked about that, and there was you know, very mixed emotions there, but you had to do that. Uh, so I am not going to put you on the spot and ask you about anything uh, specific regarding the upcoming presidential elections this Tuesday. I think m- uh, most people in the United States are just happy that it's going to be over. Uh, but I would ask uh, if you could speak about the uh, about encouraging people to just get out and vote and the importance of voting, especially within our community. So the first thing I would say is actually when I renounced my U.S. citizenship, um, one of the thoughts that I had, and it was a very difficult thing to do, one of the thoughts that I had was I can't believe that I'm not going to be voting in future U.S. elections. Uh, and in all of my public remarks, I've been saying I don't mind uh, taking a back seat on this one and letting everyone else uh, have to deal with it. It's certainly unprecedented in terms of what we're seeing. Right. Um, first of all, from, from an Israeli perspective, we know that uh, the, the, the relationship with the United States is, is strong, and uh, I certainly uh, spent time on Capitol Hill and and we're nothing but filled with gratitude for the assistance that we get and the significant military intelligence sharing that people don't even know about, um, which we don't take for granted uh, at all, and we know uh, God willing will, will continue no matter what the circumstances are. Uh, of course, people are blessed to live in a um, democracy, and people should uh, should make their choices and, you know, and, and you know, go through their process of analysis. Uh, we in Israel are fascinated uh, by these elections and the twists and the turns um, I will say, though, that uh, somebody sent me yesterday a picture 
uh, that's going around online, uh, which shows the Republican candidate in a Nazi uniform. Uh, and I've seen similar things after the Democratic candidate. And that's exactly what we're talking about in this book, that you can have disagreements, you can be strongly against someone. The moment you take it to the point where uh, you're comparing people to the Nazis and to Hitler and, and there's death threats, and uh, we saw yesterday a candidate who has to be rushed off the stage because of the fear of, of someone possibly with a gun. All of these kinds of things is where we're allowing democracy to go too far and we're becoming way too extreme uh, in our language and in the atmosphere. These are the things uh, that we have to be careful about. We can disagree with each other. Uh, uh, at the end of it's all done, there's someone who's elected. And I can say honestly, I'm so proud living in Israel, and Israel's a beacon of light in the Middle East for this, that we can have the most vicious elections here. The elections are over. Uh, we accept those results. We move on. There's a coalition, there's an opposition, and we work towards the next elections. And that's the, the beauty of democracy, and hopefully uh, everyone is in a position where they uh, can accept that. And we here in Israel certainly, obviously, accept and embrace uh, whichever candidate uh, wins to be the president of the United States. Well said. The book, again, Words Can Kill, Devere Kariv and Rabbi Dov Lipman, available on Amazon. You can get it right now for a couple of dollars, $4 to download, and then the hard copy will be available soon. Thank you again, Rabbi Lipman, Hatzlacha, and uh, we look forward to the next time you join us here on JM Sunday. Thank you. Looking forward and be well to everyone. Take care. Rabbi Dov Lipman, former member of Knesset and uh, author, prolific author. I think five books would say... Uh, it's pretty prolific, right? So thank you, Rabbi Lipman, for joining us. And uh, I encourage everybody to read this book. A lot of uh, very important things in there. And uh, I think you'll, you'll actually enjoy it uh, because uh, it gives a lot of different um, perspectives on the assassination. It also talks about the, um, the individual and his uh, feelings afterwards and what he had to go through for years uh, with his, um, with, uh, as a result of the, the stress and... Uh, and his involvement in the interrogation and whatnot. We're going to go back to the music. Uh, we're going to hear Shlemy Gertner with Im Hashem right here on JM Sunday. <laughs>
רכבת של צרות. ומי שלא יודע שיש השם, מתבלבל, מתבהל, מתמרמר ומתרעם. מי שלא מכיר את דיוק ההשגחה, מתאמץ, משתדל, טובע במבוכה, והנפשי חזקה והפקחית. תוציא אותי מכל אמונה כוזבית. בנפשי החזקה והפקחית תוביל אותי אל התכלית והוא מנהיג ברחמנות וזה כדי לעורר ההשתוקקות אלא רחמנות הגדולה יותר, כל אחד לפי מה שליבו משער. השקרים תוקפים מכל הכיוונים, מסיתים, מעכבים, אבדון הם מציעים, מנסים לעוות את האמת, כדי לעזור לך להתמוטט. מלכודות מוקשים, גדרות ובורות, תאוות פחדים, התקפה של דמיונות, בפינה מחכה לך דיכאון. זה לאומן מיוסר וגאון. הגאווה, תאווה וחמדת הממון. בקיצור, כל מיני סוגים של שיגעון. אבל נפשי, החזקה והפקחית, תוציא אותי מכל אמונה כוזבית. ונפשי, החזקה והפקחית. 
לפעמים צריך לברוח, אבל נפשי החזקה והפיקחית תוציא אותי מכל אמונה כוזבית. Oh, 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 oh,
music from the Yeshiva Boys Choir right here on JM Sunday as we get uh, set to wrap up the show. My thanks to Rabbi Dove Lipman for joining us this morning to talk about uh, his uh, his book that he um, that he translated. Uh, Words can kill. Available on Amazon. Uh, I encourage you to read it. And uh, great programming continues all day long right here on the stream. I have it on uh, good uh, authority that there are people running in today's New York City Marathon who will be listening to the, um, and are listening to the stream as they are running. Uh, we'll see you next week. So anyway, good, uh, good great program continues all day long here on the stream. Nachum will be back tomorrow morning, JM and the AM. And uh, followed by the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten at 9 o'clock. That's an exclusive to the Nachum Siegel Network. If you like our show, go to the Facebook page, JM Sunday, and like the page. Please like the page. And you can go to the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten page and like that page too. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day, a great week. And we'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network.